0: This summer, your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story, then made worldwide headlines. American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com that's firing squad Welcome
1: to the podcast. Uh, today today in, today we have uh, It's a date that will live in infamy. We do. Uh, Jerry Boykin's on. Oh uh, my General gosh. Lieutenant General uh, from
2: uh, uh, mm-hmm. from I would say some uh, he has a pretty pretty big history. Yeah, he was Pre- original member of uh, the Delta Force, a, a founding member of that. You know, he ran all of our special operations for a while. He has a different take than Joe Biden (laughs) on Afghanistan. Uh, We also talked to somebody who has been in our wheelhouse for quite some time, an expert on the persecution of Christians in the Middle East. He tells us what's coming uh, for those people that are remaining in the Middle East. You don't want to miss that. Then we take on Woke Incorporated. All this. Oh, oh, oh. And the identity of who the new leader is in Afghanistan. Mm. You're going to love this one. Blast from the past, all on today's podcast. You're
3: listening to the best of the Glenn
2: Beck program. We welcome Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed into our studios with us now thank you uh Boy, I was proud of our president yesterday. Oh, Mm. bursting! He bursting with pride. Yeah, he. The buck stops here. Well, except for the you know the part that except for the part where he blamed Trump. Yeah, and the part that he and the the Afghan people. Well, uh, as he said, the buck stops here, except for wherever else. Trump and yeah, the buck stops. It's fault. It really is. I mean, it's really (laughs) their fault.
4: (laughs) It's really their fault. It's not not my fault. But the
2: buck stops directly here. Right, and it was important to know that. <laughs> that uh he made the decision but he was forced into the decision mm. uh but oh, uh by trump because like trump. He, this is
1: the one thing that's
2: been well he consistent. followed the
1: trump plan like he's done so many other times every yeah. time
5: man if he's followed one trump plan he's followed them all
1: hasn't he <laughs> <laughs> <So laughs> refuses to change it up at all from yeah. the direction that trump to. was going and yeah. it was too good that's why this is a that's <laughs> why that was a good excuse yeah yeah. Because of his consistency mm-hmm. on all the other Trump related yeah. matters
5: like the border. Yeah. For instance, just, just, you know,
2: straight ahead, yeah. straight ahead. Well, I think plan. he is Keep it going. I mean, the nice thing is uh, the way he he is so consistent the way the border mm-hmm. is going is exactly the way Afghanistan, Afghanistan is going. Yes. You mean worse that's than true. ever before? Yes. yes.
1: Okay. Yes. What about yes. inflation, though? It's not, that's not going yes. the same way, is it? It's actually spending? is. Is spending, spending the same? Spending, uh, yeah. They're, yeah
2: they're, we're thinking thing. that maybe $13 trillion to $21 trillion by the end of his term. <sighs> I love so, how he's blaming Trump for that, too. Oh, that $8 trillion yeah. he spent was ridiculous. Yeah. You've
5: spent that in about an hour
1: and all democrats agreed with that spending
5: yeah, yeah we should point out yeah. as well
2: uh, it, yes. trump i believe was making them smaller wasn't he at one point wasn't he like um uh, some maybe, of well, some of it yeah yeah um by the way george w bush uh spoke out yesterday he said laura and i have been watching the tragic events unfolding in afghanistan with deep sadness our hearts are heavy for both the Afghan people who have suffered so much and for the Americans and al- NATO allies who have also sacrificed so much. Mm-hmm. The Afghans now are at the greatest risk as are, uh, as are the same ones who have been on the forefront of progress inside their nation. President Biden has promised to evacuate these Afghans along with American citizens and our allies. The United States government has legal authority to cut the red tape for refugees during urgent humanitarian crisis. And this is what I like. Um, you know, we could have done that slowly and methodically, but now let's just, let's just let's just cut the red tape and no need to really go slowly on who comes here in America and who doesn't. You know, I'm sure all those who are applying only have the best of intentions and really belong here, which is... Yeah, you won't get anybody
5: from the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. No. Not a single person.
2: I mean, there's not going to be anybody. I I mean, I just hope we can get more (laughs) Elon Omar's. You know, oh, right? Uh, which we brought into this country, and she mm-hmm. has just she loves it. She, she loves it here. Hey, by the way, did you hear about the DNA test? I did see this story. Yeah, yeah. So there was a DNA I didn't test. Hear about the DNA test? Oh, you didn't? No. Yeah. No. Endeavor DNA Laboratories uh, uh, did a test. They took a they took I think a straw from one of them <laughs>
1: and a cigarette and a another? cigarette
2: butt from the other. Okay, Meaning and Elon Omar and her, uh, and her brother, brother/ no, slash husband. husband. I yeah. mean her husband. Her, her husband. husband, brother. Yeah. Her brother, husband. Uh, a brother. Uh, a brother. Yeah, her brother, husband. husband. Yeah. Uh, now, here's Did the thing. Did they find out it is her brother? Well, only 99.999998% <laughs> chance
5: oh so you're saying there's a chance (laughs) i'm saying that there's a chance
2: that they're not but uh (laughs) hopefully we can get that kind of screening done it's a bit of a
1: weird story they 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 claim to have legitimately like she's smoking and they just took the cigarette butt and Mm -hmm. then tested the dna Mm -hmm. over a multiple year investigation Mm -hmm. it's a very uh, it's a very strange story but that is what who reported that was the daily mail I can't remember. Uh, who yeah, it. Daily
2: Mail. Yeah, so yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't. Wow, I haven't heard anyone else reporting it yet. I but I mean, either it's a very odd story. Well, and, odd but interesting. Uh, but yeah, the whole odd, saga, saga true. is very yeah, true. odd. The yeah, whole saga is, is odd, yeah. even without well, the DNA not, evidence.
2: Yeah, let's not talk about it because there's nothing to see there. Let's just get as many people from Afghanistan onto flights here in America. <laughs> Look,
1: I, <laughs> it's a tough line
2: because
1: no, the it people wouldn't that have been, did no, freaking help. No, 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 us Do deserve no, they do. to get out of there Yeah, they did. Wouldn't have been
2: a tough line. It wouldn't have been a tough line. Had you done it differently? Yeah. yeah you You say we're gonna pull out everybody who is concerned about dying, mm-hmm. come to the embassy right now, and we'll get all this paperwork done. You should have done that first. And they've been doing
1: that. They've just blown the process the entire time, which is not a what? surprise. Yeah, they've had plenty of time. I mean, as we as everyone has noted here, mm-hmm. Donald Trump uh, negotiated this deal, and Mike Pompeo negotiated this deal, and the the exit was supposed to be May first. So we actually had more time. Than was actually outlined in the deal, and still it went this way, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Mm-hmm. You had you had multiple extra months to prepare for this, and mm-hmm. still screwed it up like this,
2: mm-hmm.
1: massively, mm. uh, mass- massively pathetic.
2: Well, you know the thing that I really like uh, is the fact that now the entire world, uh, every single one of our allies, now saying they know they can trust us. Good God, <laughs> yeah, they can, yeah, they know that. They're coming out now, they're loud. I know they are, and saying we don't I know, know if are. we can trust that America yeah. will ever have our back. Well, yeah, that's England and I and know. Denmark and Germany and France. Our allies are saying, well, some of those countries punch above their weight anyway. Yeah, well, so they do. <laughs> they don't need. Us. They do. They do. <laughs> they don't need us. Yeah, they do. Well,
5: what would you say uh, if I'm Taiwan?
2: I am uh, well, don't worry, terrified. Yeah, don't worry. Terrified. Uh China just said when uh, mm. we march into Taiwan, don't expect the Americans to come. The help. Americans won't help. And they're right. Exactly right.
1: They're right. What do you say about that? Well, yeah. yeah. OK, yeah. you're right. Clearly. I mean, any move China obviously is aware of this. I'm not breaking news to them, but any move <laughs> they'd want to make right now, they could just get Well, away they already with. did with Hong Kong. Yeah, they did it with Hong Kong. We didn't do anything. Yeah, did nothing. They could do it with they could do it with Taiwan. They could do it wherever they wanted. Did you guys know that? And they, they know it. And they won the Olympics. Did you guys see that? I, I yeah. saw that. I
5: see they tried to win the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, by adding Taiwan. Yeah, they just added all the and countries Hong they Kong. want to control. And Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. And they still didn't beat us with mm. Taiwan and Hong Kong. They, they tried. And, and not in total medals it was anyway. Very, it was very close. It was very, very close. It was close. very close. And uh, we added Canada because they're yeah. just like us anyway. Yeah. You can't and tell Mexico. Canadians apart. From and China.
2: And China. We also added China. And we'd still be <laughs> at what? Not even <laughs> half their population.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we said, this isn't is that true. amazing? Yeah. Think of
2: that. They're five
5: times our population. America isn't
2: exceptional. America isn't exceptional. They have five times the population. And don't forget the sport camps
5: where they take children say, from
2: their families when they're two correct and they take the children that are are destined for greatness and they never see their families again mm-hmm. and they're taken to these camps and they're trained their whole life to be this us. is what you're gonna do and they can't find a way to beat us it's pretty amazing mm. gee i it's know this amazing. system doesn't work does it that no. old freedom thing. Just there's, I don't know, it's kind of messy. <laughs> yeah, it's we're exceptional.
5: You know, a lot like Great Britain is exceptional. and, and uh, Japan is exceptional. Japan's Russia
1: exceptional.
2: is exceptional. Everyone
5: Zimbabwe thinks is they, exceptional. There's nothing Everybody exceptional about exceptional. us
1: because
2: everyone right. thinks they're exceptional. Right? Right. Exceptional. Hey, can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. Should anyone be talking about the 25th Amendment? should
4: anyone be
2: talking we, about that you mean should everyone you mean be for talking Donald about Donald Trump it? yes <laughs> yeah when
1: he gets back in in august mm-hmm. we need to remove him immediately with the 25th amendment yeah, we only have
2: 13 14 days left uh, so <laughs> <laughs> we better get that done <laughs> i mean pretty soon <laughs> i mean i i find this incredible that <clears throat> no one is talking about that well, I, mean, I, I
1: don't, you know, honestly, watching him yesterday. Yesterday, he looked solid. He looked solid. And mm-hmm. honestly, because he hasn't worked in
2: two weeks. Maybe. Mm-hmm.
1: But I would say he seemed completely, um, uh, completely confident in his huge mistake. Like, I, uh-huh. he, he, did. he absolutely mm-hmm. seemed to. I did this intentionally. Yeah. Uh, sort of laid it out. And I, I stand I, behind it. Yeah. I, I think oh, he. Okay. I don't. I You know, because on Sunday, I felt the same way. Where is this guy? Is this, do we have a president or not? But he was there. He was just making this decision intentionally, and it went the way that he well, was talking about.
2: No, not on the weekend. Not on the weekend. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was actually calling the Fort Worth School District mm. to well, uh, uh, congratulate right. that, them on their a tr- very. This is a true thing. True story. It actually, on a did. Very brave stand on masks to mm. stand against the governor <sighs> of Texas. He was making calls to support the teachers' union. While people were falling out of the sky and being slaughtered in the streets of Afghanistan. I mean, just in case you needed it to be worse. <laughs> right. uh, there it is. There's there's your president. I'll say this coming into this. None of us
1: believed Joe Biden was going to be a good president. But no. this has been but really
2: remi- is really worse than I thought. It <laughs> this was. is you know what? This is the exact opposite of of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I expected Donald Trump to be somewhat of a disaster uh, back in 2016. In 2016, yeah. he gets in office and he was a disaster on you know relationships and everything else. But it all kind of turned out the right way, you know. <laughs> I think that they're all treasonous in the press, and you're like, oh dear God, why would you say well, that? And then like two years later, and you're like, you like, oh, know what? I think, he's right. <laughs> I think he's treasonous
1: in the press. You think he's right? <laughs> Look at apples to apples here. Basically, he came in. <laughs> with one of the biggest people forget this one of the biggest things in the entire campaign was isis in 2016 wiped him out and he wiped him out a very similar situation here where you have an mm-hmm. insurgent group starting here and we're just like giving them the country we're just like ah you guys take it you'll probably do better than we could anyway that's basically his. i mean think about how bad this has been this has been we all assumed this is almost it's very similar to the taliban like we all kind of assumed that maybe the taliban would be back in control eventually but it happened so fast. It was like breathtaking. That's the Biden administration. Like, I didn't assume he was going to be a good president. But this is breathtaking how bad he has been, how quickly he has got he's gotten to this level of complete failure. I mean, this has been, it's remarkable.
2: No, he did this. Why would you expect less in Afghanistan when this is exactly how breathtaking the border was? Yeah, the, yeah exactly. I mean, it didn't, it wasn't a big buildup. It was just like, you know what? come on in yeah. <laughs> and everybody came in
1: they, they had a chart they've been running for years on the border that the government releases and you've this seen is it amazing before. have you seen this you, i don't know you've probably seen this chart a million times where they show like how many migrants are coming in and and like the lines kind of follow each other pretty much every year and there's a spike yeah. every once in a while and then you've seen the chart where they goes up and it goes way above the all the previous years mm-hmm. uh, well the peak of that chart was 200,000 They've now had to adjust the chart because it literally went off the chart. Yeah. It went off yeah. the chart. They had was, to change it was the chart. 10, They've been right? releasing. Yeah, it was two uh, ten or two twenty. So now they're now north of the top of the actual <laughs> chart. That's Jeez. how bad he's been. He's been legitimately, literally off the charts bad.
2: <laughs> congratulations, Yay! congratulations. Yay! It but it's a very diverse group of yes, people. It is. That's true. Uh, That's important. Right, you know, right. and some of the men in the administration are having babies, and mm-hmm. I just think it's. It's something to be proud of. It really is.
1: The best of the Glenn Beck program.
2: There is a guy who's been on the program before. Um, he is somebody who's just, I mean, a giant mentally. First of all, he won in 93, won the bodybuilding championship uh, as a teenager. And you're like, OK, he's a muzzle. Then he went on to receive his B.A. and his M.A. in history. Um, then uh, uh, dual minors in philosophy and lit- literature. Um, he also studied uh, closely with Victor Davis Hanson uh, graduate courses at Georgetown University, um, he, uh, also studied medieval Islam and Semitic languages at Catholic University of America serves as the Arabic language and regional specialist at the uh, near East section of the library of Congress, where he, uh, informs a lot of people, um, that are in the know and, uh, government officials. He also often functions as a journalist, has uh, been a media fellow at the Hoover Institution, Um, News analyst for CBN News and others. Uh, He produces a monthly report, Muslim Persecution of Christians, which is why I wanted to bring him on now. Um, He is chronicling day to day the abuses and slaughters of Christians throughout the Islamic world. And no one is really paying attention to what is going on. I wanted to uh, bring him on. Uh, It's Raymond Ibrahim. He is the author of Sword and Scimitar and uh, Distinguished Senior Fellow at Gatestone Institute. Raymond, welcome.
3: Hi, Glenn. Very good to be with you again.
2: Yeah, good to talk to you again. Um, I, I'm concerned with what's going on in uh, Afghanistan. You know, I, I don't know if you're aware, but I started the Nazarene Fund a f- few years ago. Uh, with ISIS, and we have been going in and trying to free the women and children that have been made slaves and anyone that is persecuted because they're a minority, a religious minority. Um, we've been trying to get them out, and now I think we've got a whole new country to look at. Can you tell me what's going on?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Afghanistan, even before what happened recently, was uh, is widely considered the... Uh, absolute worst Muslim nation in the world, insofar as its treatment of uh, minorities, specifically Christian minorities. Uh, So if you look at um, Open Doors, International Human Rights Organization, they publish their World Watch list annually of the top 50 worst nations. Um, Habitually, of course, it's dominated by Muslim nations for obvious reasons, but the top 10, are, top 10 nations are the absolute worst, and two or three of them are not Islamic, and usually the first worst nation in the world is North Korea. Um, but then the second worst nation and the first Muslim nation is Afghanistan. And so you can imagine with what's happening right now, it's going to get uh, significantly worse for any sort of believer in that area Um, In in fact, here's a little quote from the World Watch list about Afghanistan. It says, quote, it is impossible to live openly as a Christian in Afghanistan, leaving Islam is considered shameful. Christian converts face dire consequences if their new faith is discovered. Either they have to flee the country or they will be killed. And that's uh, so. And now with this new resurgent, emboldened uh, Islamist mentality, uh, you can be sure that it's going to get significantly worse. For any uh, Christian living in that nation or even nearby,
2: Raymond, can you help us out on the one question that is kind of a nagging question, and I don't understand it at all, and that is, why did the Afghani people not put up any kind of fight? What 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 happened there?
3: <laughs> well, um, I would say that uh, you know it. There's what we are told. And this actually what I'm saying right now actually comports very well with so many other things that we talk about in the West and America and so forth. But there's what the media tells us. There's what the analysts and the experts tell us. And then there's the reality and um, the people on the ground in Afghanistan and in these countries, they don't really care for the Western uh, uh, for, for, for the things that the West cherishes. Okay, the things uh, that we say are, are, are you know the cornerstone of Western culture. Let's say uh, uh, gender equality, for one example, uh, or, or you know eliminating the patriarchy. These are things that have existed uh, not just in Afghanistan and not just because of Islam. I would say Islam actually reinforces so many of these primordial tendencies of, well, let's say, patriarchalism and so forth, not creates it. It actually just it's, it reinforces it. So they go way back, these ideas, in places like Afghanistan. And when you just go there, and as the U.S. government actually did, especially increasingly in, in more recent years, uh, try to import, you know, <laughs> I don't know to what degree, but it sounds like to a large degree they were trying to import woke culture as well. None of that's going to fly with any Afghani. At all because they're just not part of that culture and they might have you know to an extent in, the, in as much as the america was in there and they were trying to work with it they played along but once it became in, imminent that the u.s is leaving and so forth all you know the charade just came off the mask came off and it was right back to the way it was and and, for, and that's the idea you know this whole nation building and trying to import democracy to cultures that simply uh you know have it doesn't resonate with at all for a myriad myriad reasons Um, that's why it fails and after two decades and all the money and blood and treasure that's been spent. That's why we are where we are. So
2: um, because I heard Tucker Carlson last night talk about how, you know, we were teaching all these woke principles um, and uh, you know, these are principles that don't sit well with half the population over here. Has this made them uh, turn to an Islamist, even harder or is it just is it just like I don't care just not these guys anymore
3: I would argue the former um, historically wherever the West in any way shape or form retreats or is perceived to be weak it has actually immensely exacerbated the idea of radical Islam so if you go back to let's say the colonial era in the you know 19th century mid 19th century and early 20th century um, where, the, where today we would describe America, or not America's actions, mostly Europe's, European action in the Middle East and the Islamic world, as very negative. It was toxic masculinity. It was not multicultural. It was, you know, our way or the highway. That's how Europeans more or less came about. That actually, believe it or not, and, you know, putting aside all judgments, worked, and Muslims didn't feel resentful. They, didn't, they actually tried to catch up, and they saw it as the winning way, and we have to be part of that culture, And that's why you saw the hijab go away um it's ironic today you know 21st century you see the hijab and the burqas and all and that Uh, but when you go back to the 1800s and you look at pictures of women in the middle east and egypt afghanistan and and, uh, syria and these countries they actually look like western women so they were actually trying to emulate but in as much as the west starts to retreat start to say our ways are bad our history is awful your way is love is wonderful And that actually isn't seen as, oh, you're being polite, let me try to reciprocate. It's actually seen as admission of weakness, and it emboldens and it makes Muslims go back to their own way. And that's why you see today in the 21st century um, a large segment of the Muslim population trying to emulate the 7th century Muslims, the pure jihadists of Muhammad's time. And so, yeah, there's definitely a symbiotic relationship with Western weakness and Islamic aggression. And I think with what happened in Afghanistan, you're going to see that again.
2: So I read the story this morning about a a woman who is a mayor of a small uh, town and the Taliban has come in and she said, I'm just waiting for them to come and take me and kill me. Uh, And she said, there's no place for me to go. Um, And so I'm just waiting. Um, The Taliban has said, oh, no, 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 We're, we're no, we're not like that anymore. Do you does any sane person believe that to be true?
3: No, but the problem is we ha- we're lacking insanity um, to a large extent, especially when it comes to you know our leaders and our betters for what for whatever reason they just don't want to think according to sane principles. And it's even worse than that. Um, reports came out around uh, August 11th a week ago of the Taliban going door to door and forcibly taking girls as young as 12 to be their sex slaves, to be their wives. And again, so you see, it's it's all back. It's just amazing, you know, 20 years of that and this most powerful nation and all the money that's spent and all the blood and all that. And then we are not just back to where we were, I would argue, to an even worse spot. And and it all has to do with a very myopic Western worldview, which is, okay. look, we killed the bad guys. We got rid of the bad guys. Let's say Osama bin Laden and remember Mullah Omar. And now we've you know, we've set up a a government and obviously they're all going to want to be like us because, This is the natural culmination and see i think this is what they don't understand in order to reach a a good sort of western democracy and and the principles that we have you have to have a bedrock before that you can't just import it on you know a surface of islam or tribalism and our bedrock would be i would argue something like judeo-christian principles and that's why you can build um what we essentially built and but because they don't see that, and they actually, and when you say that, oh my God, that's the worst thing, Judeo-Christian principles. Oh, that's you're being, you know, uh, whatever triumphalist uh, and, and so forth. And so, without that, you see what's happening. They bring the package without the found the groundwork being laid, and the end result is what we see and what we always keep seeing.
2: We're talking to uh, Raymond Ibrahim, uh, uh, who is an expert on the Middle East. Um, what is coming our way? do you think, because of this collapse?
3: Oh, I would argue, well, it's funny because I remember almost 20 years ago, you know, Ayman Zawahri, who was the second at the time of al-Qaeda, he's currently the, the head of al-Qaeda since Osama bin Laden died. But I remember when Osama bin Laden, about three years after the invasion of Afghanistan, some reporters, CNN asked him, uh, Ayman Zawahri, what's, you know, what happened? Where's Osama bin Laden? Where's Muhammad Omar? We don't hear about him. And what he said is, it was very telling, I'll give you the quote. He said to them, Jihad in the path of Allah is greater than any individual organization. It's a struggle between t- truth and falsehood until Allah Almighty inherits the earth. And then he said, Mullah Omar and Sheikh Osama bin Laden are merely two soldiers, two soldiers of Islam in the journey of jihad, but the struggle continues for all time. And so you see there's that patience where it looked like they lost, they stepped back. Now well, look, they're winning, even though those two guys are not there, uh, Mullah Omar and, and Sheikh Osama bin Laden, and Ayman Zawahiri will come and go. Muhammad himself, the prophet, came and died, but the jihad goes on. So, And they're already saying this. Uh, just recently, a uh, leader said, it's our belief that one day the Mujahideen will have victory and Islamic law will come, not just to Afghanistan, he just said this a couple days ago, but all over the world. We are not in a hurry. We believe it will come day. Jihad will not end until the last day so you see it's just it's this patient mentality that we're dealing with while we usually just you know sit and look at these little myopic sort of um, uh, you know uh, uh, milestones uh, that in the end just don't amount to much.
2: Raymond um, any suggestion on where we should go from here and 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 I mean as a people not as a government, um, you know, we're, this audience is very involved in, um, rescuing people in the Middle East and all over the world that, uh, especially women and children that are uh, found in these situations. And we want to help all, uh, persecuted minorities, um, yeah. uh, get to safety. Any suggestion on, on what we should be looking towards or how we can help?
3: Well, the first thing, of course, is to have to be armed with adequate knowledge. And I know you are, and I'm assuming most of your audiences, but to be to understand that, you know, we're talking about something like Christian persecution or religious persecution of minorities in general. When you come to understand that it is overwhelmingly the lion's share of that phenomenon is being uh, dealt out at the hands of Muslims. And it, and, and the fact that it's, it happens in sub-Saharan Muslim Africans, Nigeria, where you have a genocide, of Christians, it happens, of course, in East Asia, Pakistan, even in Malaysia, Indonesia, and of course, the heart of the Muslim world, all throughout North Africa, Middle East, Turkey, mm. Iran. When you understand that, I think you start to realize there's an ideology behind this, and it's important to get you know our heads wrapped around that ideology and understand it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's been around 14 centuries. You don't have to say every Muslim believes this or every Muslim is out to do this to understand that you do have this core in yeah. there doing that and it needs to be eventually excised in order to put an end to what's happening people need to understand the difference
2: between a muslim and an islamicist uh right. that is the real problem and we refuse to name it raymond uh, ibrahim thank you so much we'll talk again my friend thank you absolutely thanks Mike. this is the best of the glenbeck program became aware of a video uh early i think last week uh from Politizoid. uh has uh done uh, several videos that are well worth your time to watch uh let me just uh play the highlights of this one it starts in disneyland uh and it's a woke world
0: ladies and gentlemen
2: boys and girls welcome Welcome to it's a woke world This video takes you into, it's a small world, except everything has changed inside, but it looks exactly like it. It's a a world of privilege in boats that are cramped. Welcome to Disney's re-education camp. If If your skin is white, it's time you're contrite. It's a woke world after all. It's a world of power, a world of fears, and we work long days to make souvenirs. Although millions have died, and the Uyghurs aside, it's a woke world after all. There is a land where once you lived free, as a capitalist pig of the bourgeoisie. We could eat until we are fat, and we would vote Democrat if we just get past that wall. The guy who put this together would like to remain anonymous, so we're just going to refer to him uh, as a the creative director. Of Politoid. He is a former Disney artist Welcome to the program Thank you Appreciate <laughs> it, You bet, how are you?
4: I'm doing well It. I liked your narration there Thank you uh,
2: So y- you must have a great job Especially since You, you don't uh, You don't have to t- You don't have to take credit in the bows You also don't have to take the hits <laughs>
4: Well, my family's not quite ready for that yet. I think I the bet. day will come. Um, but considering I live in Los Angeles and uh, I run my own shop, so, you know, I have clients that couldn't really handle uh, the fact yeah. that I animated that piece that you shared. Uh, but, you know, I'm tired of watching my country go down the drain and it's it's time to do something. Um, I've been doing these cartoons for about 10 years um and you know at times we've had funding and and a team of 12 guys running around other times it's just me it it just it depends on what the opportunity uh you know the opportunity is there but um, uh i took about a seven-year hiatus off of doing these cartoons and jumped back in the game with um, a piece called shift hits the fan mm-hmm. uh because i was getting so uh bent out of shape over the impeachment scam and, uh, kept seeing Adam Schiff coming on, you know, saying all these things that were undoubtedly, you know, false. And, uh, every one of them proved, uh, that he was lying. And so I, I dressed him up like Wile E. Coyote and, and I put some, uh, you know, Trump hair on the road runner and had him chasing <laughs> after him. And about three weeks later, the white house was sharing it. And, uh, uh, so, you know, it was like, well, I guess I'm back. So since then, I've been putting out as many as I can in between client jobs, because these, um, these take quite a while to do. I mean, the piece you just played took about uh, four to five weeks to complete. So, wow. Um, Full time. So that, you know, yeah, it's a heavy investment in time to do something like this.
2: And are you doing it by yourself, or are there others involved in it?
4: um Right now, the animation was done by myself. Uh, I had uh, some friends that helped contribute some elements, some of the posters at the end and um, you know like the pictures of Mao and that sort of thing uh i i, I had some help uh, and then uh, I had some friends that uh, brought together the the, the course because all that music was recreated yeah uh, that none of that was from any original Disney material, right? So uh, the orchestra, everything had to be recreated uh, using synthesizers, and uh, but I can't sing like a, a child. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so fortunately, uh, I had a friend that uh, was able to bring together um, you know, a lot of acting students, and and uh, and of course, the end was an adult choir. So I'm not even sure how many people ended up singing it because I wasn't there. They sent me the files, um, but without their help, I couldn't have pulled this off. I mean, if that song's not right, I mean, you want to feel like you're in a real attraction.
2: Yeah. And I I have to tell you, the animation is unbelievable. I mean, you worked for Disney, uh, at one point as an animator and it is, I mean, this is really, really well done. Um, what, uh, why did you take on Disney?
4: Well, I wouldn't do what I do without Walt Disney. um, I, I I grew up not wanting to be an animator. I grew up wanting to be Walt Disney, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know I've I know his history. Uh, I've actually traveled to Marceline, Missouri twice, and stood in front of his old offices in Kansas City, and, and of course done the tour here in L.A. multiple times of just uh, tracing his steps because um, I can't imagine what our country would be like without
2: Amen. Uh, I am so glad to hear you say I've been allowed to go into the archives. I've gone through his daily calendars and his diaries. Um, He's an amazing man. And I I don't know if you could say this uh, about very many people, especially in the 20th century. Imagine America without Walt Disney. It would be a radically different place. And I'm not sure we'd still be free. Because he put so much Americana into us, buried it deep into us as kids.
4: Well, yes. Um, I mean, just imagine what Hollywood would be like without him. You know, there would have been no counterbalance. It's what we got now. Um, You know, I, I, I don't know how deliberate or structured the takeover was, or if it was just kind of like an opportunity that presented itself to the left, but they took care of it by overtaking Walt's company. I, I, I understand why Walt took the company public because uh, mm-hmm. he wanted to execute his ideas, but it was the worst mistake he ever made. Uh, followed up only by him not really having a good succession plan when he died. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't. I mean, you know, he probably felt like he was immortal, so you know, I'm yeah. not going to die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, that happened much sooner than he anticipated, and um, you know, I learned what di- America was you are watching those shorts, you know, Pecos Bill and, and mm. Paul Bunyan and all those sorts of pieces. Yep. It just gave you a sense of pride and, and a connection to the people that came before us. And um, that, that connection has been severed. And I know that Walt would be just uh, – I mean, that's why I put Walt at the end. I, I know you didn't get to that part, but I actually pulled no, I know. from his congressional testimony – Or he was talking about the communists in Hollywood. I turned that in on itself, where he is actually calling the current regime a Disney communist, as a floating head in the in the reanimation lab, because the old urban legend that he was frozen, right, even though he was actually cremated.
2: Well, that's what they want you to believe. He's actually uh, in the middle of the uh, African. Uh, uh, what is that stupid ride called? The African, jung- the Jungle Ride. That's where he uh, is. The, the freeways, is, yeah. the freezers right. in the middle of the jungle. Uh, the Jungle Cruise. Um, uh, are there are there more people like you than we think? Because while we don't think there are anybody, there is anybody like you. Are there more Disney people that are in that company that are just silent right now?
4: Um, there are a uh, lot of traditional folks that are below the line in Hollywood, meaning that, you know, they're, they're the, the craftspeople, the ones that actually do the work, as opposed to the ones that are greenlighting projects and and um, actors commanding large salaries. Mm. And uh, they keep their head down. You know, I have a buddy that is having to, you know, direct woke stuff right now. And, and you know, I get texts going, man, this is just, it's not my scene. I hate this. And, um, you know, they, they'll share my videos around by email, you know, their personal email and, Give me the thumbs up, but you know, what really needs to happen is an opportunity to start pulling those folks into a new operation that competes yeah. with Hollywood. Yes. Uh, one where they know that they're not going to be canceled and that they can feed their families and and save their country at the same time. And if an opportunity like that you know presents itself, then I, I think that there are tons of people in Hollywood that would jump at the chance.
2: I will tell you though, the Conservatives just don't part with their money as easily as liberals do, especially on things like movies. Um, you know, they, they don't like the odds of success. And, and it's interesting because when it comes to politics, it seems like the left never runs out of money. Um, but it's very difficult on the right for some reason.
4: Well, there's a very different mindset. I mean, you know, I kind of straddle the world between entertainment and politics. And there's very, um, you know, the, the people that run the money in politics are very set in their ways, um, and and they're able to kind of get the same sales pitch as to where the money's going to go in the ads. And uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I actually created 10 spots for the Trump campaign, but, and not one of them got used. Um, and it wasn't the folks that I was working with directly; they were great, but it would go up the food chain, and it would get nixed.
2: Wow, uh, would you be willing to share them i'd love to see them
4: i actually uh rebranded them as Politizoid, and they're on uh they're on the youtube channel and the twitter um all right that still made sense to release but i mean i would i i didn't sleep all last october and i put out uh spots that could have come up like the day after a debate or something and they just didn't get used and um it was very frustrating because it, I feel like the pieces I did could have moved the needle. They could have brought in folks that attrition for traditional campaign ad would not have reached. Um, so it, but you know, it's, it's going to take time. Then fortunately we don't have a lot of time, but, um, you know, I'm going to keep hammering at it and as the opportunities present themselves then I'm just going to, you know, kind of keep building.
2: Well, I, uh, Politizoid, I have to tell you, I, I was really, really impressed with this, uh, video and, uh, I will begin to share some of your uh, uh, some of your work as well, and hope to uh, talk to you offline as well. I, I I think what you're doing is exactly right, and I really appreciate your uh, your passion uh, and your willingness to risk. Thank you.
4: Thank you. God appreciate bless.
2: it. You bet. Bye bye. <laughs>